Theater for the Ear and the Imagination presents two scenes from the play La Morte in Vacanza, or Death on Vacation, by 20th century Italian playwright Alberto Casella. The premise of the play is that death takes on human form for three days to investigate life among mortals. The play opened at the Teatro Nicolini in Florence in 1923. Later, there was a production in English in New York, and it was then adapted into an American film in 1933 under the title Death Takes a Holiday. The premise was also used as the basis for the 1998 film Meet Joe Black, and the musical version was produced off-Broadway in 2011. In our production of the two scenes from the play, Patrick Mark Saunders portrays Death, later known as Prince Alexander, Michael Propster takes the role of Duke Lamberto, and Danny Kaplan is Baron Valenti. Father Matthew Powell directed the production. The scenes take place in the villa of a wealthy family in northern Italy in the 1920s. The first scene opens late at night in the darkened villa. The second scene takes place at a party in the villa the following evening. Who's there? I have a gun. Speak up or I'll shoot. Please, don't be afraid. Who? Who are you? I'm not surprised that you ask. Let's say I'm a caller. A visitor. A very unusual visitor. You stand back! Your gun is useless against me. No use looking to see if it's loaded. It is. I should have let your gun fire, but I was afraid it might waken your family and guests and interfere with my plans. You seem badly shaken, but I suppose it's only natural. You are the only person who has ever faced me like this, whose alarm was not justified. Who? Who are you? I beg your pardon. I've been so interested in my reception that I've forgotten to introduce myself. I'm afraid it will be difficult. Maybe you would better sit down. Is this some terrible practical joke? If it is! No. Strange as it may seem, this is my natural appearance. That is to you. In justice to myself, I ought to say that my natural appearance is much more attractive than this. But unfortunately, I can appear to man only as he imagines me to be. That seems incredible, doesn't it? But then, the whole thing is incredible. I'm afraid you will have to make a considerable effort. You see, I am not of your world. I am... Oh, how can I describe it? A sort of vagabond of space. Think, if you can, of infinity. That may help. Think of limitless reaches of light and limitless reaches of darkness. Think of sound that goes whispering on forever. You see, if you were to grasp this, you will have to discard your usual formulas. For instance, at one moment I am touching the evening star with my shadow, and at the next moment plucking some mortal from the earth by the sleeve. Do I make myself clear? Evidently not. I told you it would be difficult. You see, I am, or I was until I crossed your threshold, death. 
<laughs> I uh, thought it might give you a shock. I told you you should sit down. But please, be assured, I'm not on my usual mission tonight. Quite the contrary. If I were, do you think we should be chatting like this? Instead, I should have laid down beside you on your bed, or breathed on you as you passed by. I've already stood beside one of you tonight, without harm. What do you mean? I have, you know, been with you all evening. I don't understand. Your son? Oh, then that explains... Several things. Your son was very reckless in his driving tonight. If I had been playing my proper role, I would have taken him and those charming young people in the car. Regretfully, I assure you, but taken them nevertheless. I positively had to hold his wheels on the edge of that precipice. You held? Yes. Really, your son ought to drive more carefully, especially when I am... myself. You saved. Funny, isn't it? <laughs> Death in the role of guardian angel. But I did. Doesn't that reassure you that I have no lethal intentions? It does. That's better. In a moment, we will be, I trust, good friends. There are a few more unusual details. I'm about to take a vacation, a holiday. Again, that sounds incredible, doesn't it? <laughs> Even to me. Think of it. For the first time in history, there will be no murders, no fatal accidents. No man will even die in his bed. Nothing will decay, nothing crumble. There will be only life and growth, a sort of cosmic springtime. But don't be alarmed. It can't go on for long or there would be serious overcrowding. Of course, that could be remedied by another world war, but well, that gives me so much work. I will take three days only and crowd as much as possible into them. After that, I must go back. But why are you doing this? Oh, for a number of reasons. For one thing, to discover why men fear me as they do. Huh. Don't you know? How should I know? I, who have never experienced a human sensation. What could terror mean to me who has nothing to fear? These are only words to me whose meaning I am curious to discover. And... There is another reason. Can you conceive how tired I am of always being misunderstood? If I come too near people, if they feel the presence of my shadow, a horror comes upon their minds. Can you conceive how it feels when there is nothing that doesn't shun me, that doesn't shrink as I come near? Yes, I suppose. There is something here, to be known and felt. Something desirable that makes men fear me and cling to this life. I want to know what it is. In short, I wish to live a complete life in the space of three days. But how can you? I don't quite know. <laughs> but I am sure the attempt will be interesting. And you can help me, if you will. I? You and your guests. Obviously, I must have a place for my experiment. I was passing by chance and saw the Villa Felice, Happy Villa, written above your gate. It had a charming sound. So I find myself here, asking your hospitality. Will you accept me for these few days as a guest? As... as a guest? Don't be alarmed. As a mortal, of course. I assure you I will be very human. Why, in that case, I should be most happy. Oh, that's extremely kind of you. I realize, of course, that I am asking a great deal. And now, Duke Lamberto... You know my name. Of course. And your age, 43 years and three months. 
Is that correct? Yes. I believe that is known as the prime of life. You seem, if I may say so, particularly contented and well, as though you enjoyed life. You do enjoy life. Yes, I do. Thoroughly. Good. You're exactly the man I want. Oh. No, no, no. To study, I mean, not to take. Will it be great trouble to put me up? No, not in the least. In fact, I have a suite of rooms prepared for an old friend I was expecting. Prince Alexander of Odessa. But he hasn't arrived or contacted us. Oh. Prince Alexander. Oh. Then you know him. Yes. I met him earlier this evening. I met him? I didn't know, of course, that he was a friend of yours. Was? Then I should not expect him. No. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, poor Prince Alexander. That gives me an idea. Was the prince known to your family and your guests? No, none of them knew him. Poor Prince Alexander. Good. Then since I have unfortunately been obliged to deprive you of a guess, I will, therefore, be Prince Alexander of Odessa for three days. As you will. And please understand that my presence in your house will not be a menace, but a protection. Thank you. On one condition on which I will insist. Yes. I am to be Prince Alexander. No other. I will be a mortal, and I must be treated as a mortal in every way. I require that no one under this roof and no one who may visit you will know who I am. I understand, Your Highness. You are the head of this house and therefore responsible. Your guests could not bear the knowledge of my name. I understand perfectly. And so I am at last to become a mortal. <laughs> I will know what you know and feel what you feel. A mad joke I will play with life. And now we will begin our interesting experiment. Yes, uh, but... There is some doubt in your mind? What is it? Uh, forgive me, but... Um, your face... Is it so horrible? I'm getting used to it. But you must remember that all men aren't born with a fear of that face. Of course. I'd forgotten for a moment. But it's wrong of you to make me only a symbol of decay. I am sleep, too. And the fulfillment of dreams. I am the gateway to life that is beyond life. There are no words in any language which can describe all that I am. But... couldn't you... Of course. I will borrow the lamp of illusion. Of what? Of illusion. Surely you know. I don't quite follow. Well, I've found that very few mortals can bear to face life as it really is. It seems to them stark and forbidding, like the outlines of my face, until illusion softens it with her rosy lamp. Oh, yes, I see. It's a pity. Because, you know, the real is so much more, can we say, beautiful than the illusion. However, time is still young, and one mustn't expect too much. So I will borrow the lamp for my holiday. Then your face will change? My entire person. I am just beginning to see the possibilities of this. It will be very entertaining. I think your guests will find me attractive, thanks to my lamp. I think I will arrive as a handsome young man of about 25. You are about to be distinguished among hosts, sir. No one has entertained death before and lived. 
Prince Alexander, permit me to introduce the Baron Valenti, a diplomat who was once important in the affairs of the world, but now looks back on a long and interesting life. I'm delighted to meet the Baron, at last. And I to meet you, Your Highness. You made a mysterious and dramatic appearance this morning. All the women were smitten. I don't think they'd ever seen such a handsome young man. And my rheumatism disappeared at the same time. I feel years younger. If I go on like this, I shall take up diplomacy again. Don't. I beg you. I remember that it was you who dragged, brought, Italy into the World War. As a prince and a statesman, I hope you approve. I was not thinking as a prince and statesman, but as... Well, we will talk further, Baron, of several things. Considering your distinction and age, it is surprising that fate has not introduced us before. Will your highness have a little refreshment? Refreshment? A glass of wine. Oh, yes, a glass of wine. I, I've never tasted wine. <laughs> I, I mean of your country. May I drink to this delightful household? I believe that is one of your customs, is it not? It is, yes. And I thank you for myself and my guests. Mm. <laughs> I think I will enjoy your wine. It goes down pleasantly. It is often a consolation. I see. One of the handmaids of illusion? Well said, your highness. Tell me, Baron. You've lived a long life. What are the things that men like yourself value most? What do you mean? What is this thing of great price that dignifies your life and makes it worthwhile, valuable? It is flattering of you to ask. I've been joining in your games and in your entertainments. I've won some bits of metal at a little wheel. It seems to me that we are like children, playing with toys, passing the time while we wait for... something. For that thing of great price. Beneath this play, I hear the voice of a deep hunger, unsatisfied. For what? Can you tell me? Philosophers have never agreed about the ultimate good. I am asking you as a person. Why, in my own case, I have had two aims in life. Love and power. Power? I, I have power, but that is a lonely thing. I thought this was good, was something to be shared. Of course, men have chosen other things. Religion, for instance. They have even died for that. Yes, I've known many of them. They died in defense of their beliefs, and they were never afraid. I used to say in my young days that I would die for love. I often threatened it. It seems to me that men have not begun to discover the magnificence of life, to feel one strong body moving in the sun, to feel thought flashing in the mind and emotion like a glowing fire in the soul. There is splendor here if one can find it. Out there is the night crowded with beauty. Haven't you found that only lovers care to be alone in the night? Perhaps that's it. Perhaps that beauty is too great to be born unless it is shared. Tell me, Baron. You see, I'm ignorant of your ways. How does one find that love? Or know when one has found it? The language of eyes and lips is universal. Is it not, Your Highness? I'm serious. Why... One meets a beautiful creature, and something electric passes between you. I remember once coming downstairs in a room much like this. 
and finding a lovely girl sitting alone, I stopped and our eyes met. After a long look, I stepped to the wall, dimmed the lights, and a moment later, she was in my arms, a divine creature. Again, that sounds like playing with toys. I am speaking of affairs, of course, but there was one whom I loved, with whom I could share anything. But sadly, she died. Yes, I remember. The Countess Contini. You knew her? Of course. But you are too young to have known the Countess. I met her, just once, toward the end of her life. Mm. Oh, by the way, Your Highness, what do you make of the extraordinary things that are happening? You've seen the newspapers, of course. No, reading newspapers is not a habit I've acquired or found necessary. Then you didn't see the account of the man who attempted to commit suicide by jumping from the top of the Eiffel Tower and picked himself up unhurt, without a scratch. You must have been desperately unhappy. I must do something about that. You? Well, I, uh, I might write him a note of condolence or something. <laughs> what a sense of humor you have. I am so glad that somebody has found that out. Then there's that situation on the Algerian front. Not a shot fired for two days. I don't understand it. Don't worry, my friend. Your sacred privilege of blowing each other to bits is quite safe. It will begin again the day after tomorrow. Yes, I suppose. Would you like some cognac, your highness? Yes. Thank you, Duke Lumberto. And one for you, Baron. By all means. I've had to be careful for some years, but tonight... I feel like a four-bottle man. Do you know the term, your highness? Very well. A man who can drink four bottles of wine in one night. I've known many four-bottle men. They were always so cheerful when I came to get them. <laughs> what do you mean, your highness? I have been known to inspire fear. You, prince? <laughs> Hardly. Ah, uh, this is like old times for me. You know... In my young days, we would sit up all night, drinking and talking of love and religion. But, Baron, why do you say love and religion? They are two words with the same meaning, I should think. Of course they are. Of course they are. <laughs> what a magnificent mind you have. Dear Baron, let us drink to three things. To beauty, to love, and to ecstasy that is their child. Splendid! What a magnificent toast to beauty, to love, and to ecstasy. I must go now and think about these things. Will you give these little bits of metal to your favorite charity? I have no further use for them. I hope we shall meet again, Prince. Baron, you may be assured of it. <laughs> <laughs>